I'm going to give you real quick, as we're getting ready, I'm going to give you five seconds to high-five three people in this room. Ready? One, two, three, four, five. All right, all right, that's good. You had your chance. You had your chance. So tonight, listen, as we talk about the GOAT, the GOAT stands for the greatest of all time. And, and uh, uh, did you guys know, I'm sure you knew this, there's even a GOAT emoji, right? Did you guys know that? So, okay. Um, but I, I mentioned this last week. I talked about this last week. I need you to listen tonight. I need you to pay attention tonight. Look at the person next to you and say, I need you to pay attention for my sake. So shut up. <laughs> or I will cut you. Uh, I'm totally kidding. But hey, you guys, listen, listen, listen. I am a kid. Listen, listen. I'm a kid of the 90s. I grew up, my teenage years were in the 90s. I was a kid of the 90s. And so for me, when I think about the GOAT, when I think about the greatest of all time, there's only one person, there's only one word. There's, there's actually two words, but there's only one person that comes to mind. When I think of the greatest of all time, when I think of that person, I think of Michael Jordan, right? Michael Jordan, greatest basketball player of all time. Like, guys, he was in some great movies. Who's seen Space Jam? Right? Come on. He made, he made Nike and Gatorade popular. That, you guys, the number 23 for basketball is the most popular, the most famous number to wear in basketball. This guy made it popular. This guy made it famous. Um, anybody in here have ever owned a pair of Jordans? A pair of Jays? Yeah. A few of us did. Um, I had, I didn't have the original Jordans, but I had, I had a pair of Jordans. But I, you guys, Jordan, he was so famous. He was so popular. I even had the Jordan cologne, right? He was so good. And, and he, he had shoes. Um, even even 25, more than 25 years later, the Jordan is still everywhere. He's still everywhere. Like the Jumpman logo. I don't know if you guys know this or not, but that's Jordan, right? That's made after Jordan. It's everywhere. It's not just a song by Drake. Jordan, he was on boxes of Wheaties. Um, and, and I never owned a pair of Fruit of the Looms, but he sold Fruit of the Looms too and, and Hanes t-shirts. Um, but there's this one product. There's this, listen, there's this one product that got everyone's attention because of this song. I don't know if you've ever heard this song, but you're going to hear it tonight. It got everyone's attention because of this song. And, and I want to show you this video tonight. And I want you to watch it tonight because I want you all to be like Mike. Here's the deal. He influenced so many people with his athletic skill, with what he did, with who he was. He influenced so many. He was the greatest basketball player of all time. But these great athletes, these great athletes, these great people like Mike, um, they, they are limited to time and to, and to space. And uh, the, the series tonight that we started last week and tonight, and we're going to continue for a couple more weeks, this series is about the greatest of all time at any time. And this series is about Jesus Christ being the greatest of all time, any time. And so um, I want to show you tonight where this is obvious. This is 
extremely obvious. If you brought your Bible tonight, we're going to be in the book of Colossians. Johnny's already texted me like five times saying Tom Brady is the goat. Disagree, disagree. But uh, I want to show you this tonight. If you brought your Bible, I hope you did. We're going to be in the book of Colossians. And and I want you to write this down. I want you to know this. I want you to read this. In the book of Colossians 1, it talks about Jesus Christ. And it talks about how he is the greatest. And, uh, and, and in this, when I read this here in a moment, it's going to use some descriptive language. And it's going to describe Jesus and describe how, who he is and how he is. It's going to use some language. And so I want you to catch. I want you to listen. I want you to catch this tonight. So listen to the way that Jesus is described. Well, it's not going to happen like I planned, but I'm going to read this for you guys. And I'm not going to be able to read it as good as the person that I had that was going to come and read it for you guys. Um, But I'm going to try. You know, you know, every uh, good uh, goat needs a good hype man, right? They need a hype up. You know, they need a hype man to be like the greatest of all time. Okay, I'm I'm probably not going to do this justice. Colossians 1, 15 through 20. It says this. Work with me here. Christ is the image of the invisible God. He existed before anything was created and is supreme over all creation. For through him, God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. He made the things that we can see and the things that we can't see, such as thrones, kingdoms, Rulers, authorities of the unseen world. Everything was created through him and for him. He existed before anything else. He holds all creation together. Christ is also the head of the church, which is his body. He is the beginning. He's the supreme overall. And, and uh, I lost my place. And, and who rose from the dead. So he is first in everything. For God in all his fullness was pleased to live in Christ. And through him, God reconciled everything to himself. He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's blood, Christ's body on the cross. If you love Jesus Christ tonight, would you put your hands together and celebrate Jesus? I know, I know, that was weak. I'm not a good hype man, but... That's only a little bit, though, of how Colossians describes Jesus. I want to encourage you to read Colossians and how it talks about him. And you can clearly see that he is the goat. You can see that he's the goat. I want to tell the person person next to you, say, no doubt about it, he's the goat. So tonight, I want you to see. I want you to see tonight that Jesus is so big and he's so grand and he's so great. I want you to know this tonight. You got to know this tonight. If you're a follower of Jesus, if you're in this room tonight, you're a follower of Jesus. The higher view you have of Jesus, the better you're going to live your life. The higher view you have of Jesus, the higher place that you hold Jesus in your life, the better you're going to live your life, the better life that you're going to have. And I want you to know that. I want you to write that down. I want you to remember that tonight. Maybe take a picture of it on the screen. Whatever you got to do. But the higher view that you have of Jesus, the higher place that you hold him in your heart and in your life, 
the better you will live your life. So let's raise our level of knowing that Jesus is the greatest of all time at any time. So if Michael Jordan was this, had this little bit of influence that he had on, on this world, you know, we let this influence, this world influence the way we dress, the, the, the clothes that we buy, the, the, the Wheaties that we eat, um, then shouldn't I, as a Christian, have a whole lot more influence on my life from the goat, Jesus, than just some athlete on planet Earth? We should let him influence our lives so much more than any person, any singer, any rapper, any athlete, any other person on this earth. No one should hold more influence in our life than Jesus. So I want you to lean in tonight. I want you to catch all that we say about the goat. And last week we talked about the habits that made him the goat. And if you missed it, um, you can search uh, Emerge Youth Church on Spotify or on iTunes. We got a podcast you can listen back to uh, past messages. So any seniors in the house tonight? That was weak. Any seniors in the house tonight? We got any juniors in the house tonight? Any sophomores here tonight? (laughs) Any freshmen in the house tonight? Any eighth graders here tonight? Wow. Do we have any seventh graders in the room tonight? Wow. Juniors win. Tomorrow. All right. But here's the deal. Here's the deal. You guys need to know this. Every one of you guys, you're close to wrapping up this school year. You're close to wrapping it up, and there's some things that you need to know heading into this summer. Got to ask real quick. Are there any college-age students here tonight? Uh, Okay. Where's my adults at in the room? Okay. You win. Um, But here's what you need to know. I need you to know this. As you're wrapping, listen, listen, as you're wrapping up your school year, as you're heading into summer, there's some things tonight that I want you to know that you got to know. The Bible says it like this. Listen, the Bible says it like this. If we really believe that he's the goat, 1 John 2, 6, it says it like this. It says, whoever abides in him. This is talking about Jesus. When it says him, this is talking about Jesus. It says in this room, whoever says that they're Christians, whoever says that they're followers of Christ, if you're here and you claim that you're a Christian, I want you to catch what this says. It says, whoever abides in him ought to walk in the same way that he walked. The Bible says that really clearly, if we claim Christ, if we say that he's number one in our lives, if we say that he's our Lord and our Savior and our hope for this world, then we're his, then we need to live like him, we need to speak like him, we need to walk like him, we need to be like him, we need to love like him, we got to be like Jesus. And this is intriguing to me, and it makes me want to get more into the Bible and makes me want to, to figure out Jesus even more, because if I'm going to supposed to be like him, I should probably know more about him. I should probably know about him a little bit. And, and uh, so all the time we look at different things in our, in our lives. We look at fashion, we look at, at celebrities, we look at sports, and we try to mimic what they do. But I have a question. How often do we look at Jesus and we say, I want my life to look like his? How often do we read about him? How often do we hear about him? How often do, have we been taught about him? How often do we know about him and we say, 
I want my life to look like that. I want my life to measure up like that. See, maybe one of the greatest things that I could suggest to you is to spend way less time on social media and take your pointers and and stop taking your pointers and stop taking your tips from society and culture and spend way more time living in the word and see how Jesus lived. See how Jesus loved. See how Jesus talked. See how he, he loved people and how he reached people and how he changed people's lives. I guarantee you tonight that will change your world. I can guarantee you that will change your life. The more, the more you get to know about Jesus, the more your life changes, the more you grow to be more and more and more like him. Get to know Jesus. If we say that he's the goat, then why shouldn't we, wouldn't we want to live like him? Wouldn't we want to be like him? It'll change your world. And that's what this series is all about. In, In John 13, 15, Jesus himself said it like this. He said, I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. He said, I've set the example. You should do this because I've done this for you. So Jesus intended for you and I to spend time in his word and seeing how he lived. You can find that the life of Jesus in the Gospels, which are Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Has anybody read those before? It's all right. If, hey, I want to tell you tonight, if you're in this room and you don't have a Bible, you don't own one, I've got a Bible I'll give you. I'll give you so you can, you can get to know Jesus. Um, but Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, in your Bible, those four books are the eyewitness accounts of the life of Jesus. They're the eyewitness accounts of the life of Jesus. Read these four over and over if you want to be like, and if you want, know, want, to, want to know more about Jesus, know the Gospels. They're called the Gospels. So tonight, I want to talk to you specifically about one area, about one habit that I want to emphasize tonight. And it's the way that Jesus Christ did community. It's the friends that he had, the company that he kept, the people that he put around himself. That's what we're talking about tonight, how, how he did life together. You see, one of our values here at Emerge is that we are a family made of friends. And that's what we talk about. That's who we say we are. That's who we, what we say that we're all about, that we're all for each other, that we're all about each other, that we're a family together. And is it, is it, it's, it's not just something that we made up and we're like, hey, this, is, this just sounds cool, so we want to do this. No, no, no. The, the reason that we do this and the reason that we talk about this is because Jesus modeled it. Because he talked all about it. It's because it's what he was all about. Taking the people who are lost and bringing them into his family. That's how he did community. And if you were to read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, if you were in, to investigate the life of Jesus you will see that he was constantly around other people. This is what I, I wanted to say earlier when I, when I called out, asked for our juniors and seniors and sophomores and freshmen and eighth and seventh graders. Um, this, is, this is what I wanted to say a minute ago when I called everyone out. Um, as, you live, as you live in your school, your school culture, you've got to be aware You've got to be aware of the other people that you're surrounding yourself with during this season of life. Seventh grade through high school, you've got to be aware of the people that you're surrounding, you're surrounding yourself with in this season of life. So I've had way too many students that, that they come to emerge. They come here on a Wednesday night and they, they like, oh, I've got my church friends and then I've got my school friends. 
And, and I know what that's like. I lived that life. I was there. I got my church friends, and then I got my school friends. See, what that tells me is you're a different person at church than you are at school. You're not the same person. You do, you say you're involved in things that you wouldn't ever dare do or talk about or do at church. I'm not saying you have to choose one or the other. Actually, that is what I'm saying. But I'm asking you to be the same at church as you are at school. I want to challenge you to be that same person at church as you are at school. See, your Jesus time shouldn't be different than any other time in your life. It shouldn't be a difference. If you're going to say that he's the Lord and he's the leader and he's the goat and he's, he leads how you, you live your life, then your whole life should live like that. Not just your time here for an hour and a half on Wednesday night. Your school time, your home time, your work time, your, your athletics time, whatever it is you have, it should look how Jesus wants you to live. See, I, I love you guys tonight, and you've got to know that your, your life, that your school year, and you may have heard this before, but your life will be affected by the five people that you put yourself around the most. Your whole life will be affected by the five closest relationships that you have right now. I want you to think about that. The five people that you constantly put yourself around will have, absolutely have a massive impact on your life on your school year, on your future. Think about that for a moment. The five closest people in your life. Some, for some of you, it may be your parents. For some of you, you may be like, I am so ready to find some new friends. Okay. I got to tell you, though, at this place in my life, my dad, who's 80, almost 80, is one of my best friends. I talk to him all the time. I know at this stage in your life, like your parents are your worst enemies. But hey, be kind to those people. Love those people. They take care of you. They love you so much. And as you get older, your parents are going to be some of your best friends. I promise you. It'll be weird. It'll be awkward. But they'll be the people that you talk to. Anyways, we'll, we'll talk about some of that time, some other time. But the five closest people in your life, if they continue to stay that way, the closest people in your life, they will absolutely impact where you are five years from now. You know, that's one of the greatest lessons I learned from one of my high school coaches. It wasn't like how to play football or how to play a sport or how to wrestle or how to do a certain move or certain thing. It was something that he taught about, taught me about the people that I put myself around. The, the kind of athlete, the kind of person that you want to be will be affected by, that, by those five people. If it's a group of friends that are all about the party, that's who you're going to be. If it's a group of friends that's, that's toxic and all about gossip and all about negativity, that's who you're going to be. If you put yourself all around sports people and athletic people, if you put yourself around gamers, if you put yourself around musicians, that's who you're going to be influenced to be. So we're looking at Jesus and how he set the example. So tonight, I've only got four things that I want to share with you about how he set the example and how, how Jesus did community with others. What was Jesus' example of community? The first thing I want you to know, his example of community was to pursue community. Jesus didn't wait for people to come to him. He didn't wait for people to, like, hey, come be my friend. No, Jesus pursued community. 
Jesus Christ, he went after community. And I don't know what you think about the word pursue, but when, but Jesus Christ, he went after community. He was proactive. Jesus created community. See, tomorrow when you go back to school, community can either happen to you or you can happen to community. You can go along with everyone else or you can be the catalyst that sparks the change in your whole school with your group of friends. Now listen, like, it'll not go well for you if you're a freshman in this room and you go into your locker room and you tell those seniors, you guys listen up. I got something to tell you. That will not go well for you. Um, that's, that's, I'm not suggesting you do that. Uh, I'm saying that you go into your world. Listen, I'm saying that you go into your world with confidence and, and knowing that God has his spirit living in you. The Bible says this, that greater is he that lives in you than greater than anyone who lives in this world. Anything that lives in this world. It says God's power is greater inside of you than anything else. Go after and pursue the right kind of people and put them in your life. Don't wait for people to come and get you. If you want to make the change, you need to be the catalyst that makes the change. Pursue people. I guarantee for a lot of you guys, if we were to go to your group of friends, if we were to go to your people, the people that you have around you and and say, you know what, Um, if you were to go to your friends and if you would grab them and say, hey, you know what, I want you guys to come to my house. We're going to have a Bible study and we're going to pray together. First of all, I can tell you real quick, you'll find out who your friends are. But second of all, I could almost guarantee that they'll show up. I could almost guarantee that they'll show up. Say, hey, I want you guys to meet me at, at my house or meet me at Starbucks or let's go to Cane's and, or let's go to Chick-fil-A and, and Jesus and chicken doesn't get much better than that. And we're going to talk about Jesus and we're going to pray together. You'll find out real fast who your friends are. But I bet you'll find out real, fra- real fast the people that will show up and the people who will respond. Because I guarantee you this, they may not act like it, they may not talk like it, they may say they want nothing to do with it. But deep down, the word says that every single person is searching for something. Are you going to give them Jesus? Are you going to be the one that puts, that, puts him in their life? Are you going to be the one that's an example for their lives? The second thing Jesus did after he pursued them is he invited them. Someone say, invite them. If you, if you read your Bible, you see that Jesus pursued us. It says that he left heaven and he came down to live, to be with us, to be one of us, to set the example for us, and he pursued us. But then he didn't just leave it there. He invited other people into his life. You'll see it many, many times in the Bible, in the word. But in Matthew 24, he tells Simon Peter, he says, leave your nets and follow me. He says, stop the fishing and follow me. Stop doing that. Over and over, you'll see him throughout the Bible. He'll say, stop what you're doing and follow me. Follow me. Follow me. Follow me. He tells people over and over and over, follow me. He asks rich young rulers to follow me. He asks the poor people, the peasants to follow me. He asks the tax collectors to follow me. He asks the prostitutes to follow me. We've got to pursue people and we've got to invite people. Tell the person next to you, say, you got to invite. 
The third thing he did. The third thing he did. Listen. The third thing he did was he modeled. Now, I'm not talking about someone like Hayden who walks the runway, who's a runway model. Like Jesus didn't catwalk with his robe and he's like, and his, his hair. Jesus, did, he, he didn't model. That's not the way he modeled. I'm saying he modeled his life and he showed us how to live. He showed people how to live their lives. If you open your Bible, you'll see that Jesus is, he's out on fishing boats. He's teaching with, he's eating meals with, he's climbing mountains with, he's praying with, he's crying with, he's living life with people. The whole time he's living and he's sharing life with people. We are all meant to do life with others. That's not an extrovert thing. That's an everyone thing. Jesus shows us that the best version of life is with community, is with friends. If you're going to step out into school tomorrow, it will be full of people who have no desire to live like this. But I guarantee if you were to model the greatness of living like Jesus, you're going to draw a crowd. You're going to draw a crowd. If you were to model living like Jesus, the last thing he did Last thing we see Jesus do was that he launched. He pursued people. He invited them. He modeled life for them. And then he launched them out to do the same thing. I want to show you something real quick. And I want this. I I want. uh, Can I get this whole row right here to come right up here and line up right here? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Just line up straight across right there. Okay, I want to show you something real quick. Listen, I need everybody to listen because we got to do this. Um, see, most people do community. Like, could you guys get in a huddle? Yeah, 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 get in a huddle. You know how like a football team does or a group of people do? Okay, you get in a huddle and you got to put your arms around each other. Yeah, yeah, you're in a huddle. You're in this huddle. And, and most people, listen, most people do community. Hold on, hold on. Let's not get too crazy. Just hold, hold right there, hold right there. Most people, listen, most people do community like this. Most people do community like this. And, and so, um, so what happens, everyone gets in together, everyone puts their arms around each other, everyone's surrounded by each other, which isn't a bad thing, but everyone is facing in. And what do you see when there's a group of people huddling like this? You see a bunch of butts. Right? And, okay. But when from the outside looking in, you see a bunch of butts. And, and uh, what, what you see here, listen, what you see here is the way the world does community. What you see is the way the world, everyone else does community. If you're inside the huddle, it's a great thing. You're, you're glad to be a part. You're welcome. You're invited. You're, you're glad to be invite, invited in this huddle. You're seeing each other. You can see each other smile. You can see each other's faces. You're having a good time inside the huddle. But everyone else is seeing a bunch of butts. And this is the way the world does community. And it's exclusive. It's exclusive. Other people aren't welcome in. 
But here's the way that Jesus wants us to do community. I want everybody to turn around, face out, put your arms back around each other. No, no, you're in the huddle still. You're in a circle still. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your, your butt's in, butt's in, butt's in. <laughs> so listen, listen. This is different. Listen, this is different because this is community. This is what community needs to look like. That, that each other, we have each other's backs. We're there for each other. Our backs are to each other. Listen, listen. And, and we're facing a world that says, and, and we're facing a group of people and we're saying, I'm going to pursue you. You're welcome here. You can see my face. You can see my lovely smile. And you can see that you're welcome here. This is what real community looks like. A group of people that have each other's backs, that are there for each other, but they're always welcoming someone else in. They're welcoming other people in. You guys can have a seat. Give them a big hand. That's the way Jesus and his disciples, Jesus and his community did community. It was not inclusive, but it was exclusive. They welcomed everyone. And in, in, in his community were people, people from completely different backgrounds, people from different races, different political sides, that he had rich and he had poor. And he didn't have just, I want you to know this too tonight, he didn't have just men following him. He had women following him as well. And, and that's what made him different in his time. You know, and, and back in that time, women were less than, children were less than. But Jesus, he included women in his group. Ladies, you should be thankful for that because he was a catalyst. He set the, the standard. Ladies, you guys can live in freedom and have freedom today because so many years ago, Jesus invited women to be a part of what he's doing. It's the way the church should look. A group of people, all races, all colors, all backgrounds, the rich and the poor, all together in community, loving each other. Jess, would you play some music for me? Um, so here's what Jesus did. He pursued, he invited, he modeled, and he launched. Pursued, invited, modeled, and launched. If you're a part of Emerge, if you're a part of this group right here, maybe if, even if you're brand new here tonight, that's our goal. That's, that's how we want to do community. That's who we want to be. We want to pursue you with the love of Jesus. We want to invite you to be a part of what God's doing. We want to model what it looks like to live a life of Christ. And then we want to launch you out to reach the world, to reach your friends, to reach your school, to reach your homes. So many of you guys in this room, your parents need Jesus. Your siblings need Jesus. Your schools need Jesus. The people that you work with need Jesus. You guys right here in this room can be a catalyst that changes your world, that changes your home, that changes your school. You can be the influence at your school. Pursue your school. Invite your teammates. Model, them what a, model for them what a Christian community looks like and then launch them out to reach more. We want to be fully inclusive. The Christian faith is the only religion in the world that is all-inclusive, that anyone is welcome. And the beautiful thing about being uh, in, in Jesus' inclusive community is that 
He wants you. He desires you. He pursues you even if your life is a mess. Even if your life is messed up. Even if your life is full of fear. Even if your life is full of anxiety. Even if your life is full of hurts and pains and sin in your life. He can change us from the inside out. And here's the beautiful thing about Jesus. He doesn't ask you to fix everything. He doesn't ask you to clean up everything before you come in. He pursues us while our lives are still full of sin. See, that's the kind of community that we want to be here at Emerge. That's the kind of community we want to be here at this church. That we want you here. We want to pursue you. We want you to be involved, even if your life is a total wreck. I'm going to pray. If everyone close your eyes and bow your heads just for a moment.